Welcome to Spiritual and Empowerment Living with international speaker, spiritual mentor, and best-selling author, Tia Johnson, as she discusses spiritual and women's empowerment topics to assist you in igniting your spirituality and empowering your quality of life. Let's welcome your host, Tia Johnson. Hello, Spiritual Trailblazer, and welcome back to another episode of Spiritual and Empowerment Living with Tia. So I want to say thank you again. And if you've been listening to this show for a while and you think, yeah, Tia's always saying thank you, there's a reason why, because there can never be enough gratitude that's given. I just believe that there are multiple ways of the giving gratitude, displaying gratitude, and all that jazz, but it never goes out of style. It never gets old. And I am truly grateful for you lending, not even lending, but giving me something that you can cannot get back, and that's your time. So I always want to make sure that I am giving you the best that I got. So thank you for spending this time with me and allowing me to be your co-pilot along your spiritual and empowerment path. So episode 195, why I almost didn't come out of the spiritual closet. So this is yet another sensitive topic. And it's interesting because as I'm recording this, it's midnight on a dot. And that's the Beatrix hour, the in-between hour, where it's, you know, our, our one of our foot is in the spiritual realm, the other foot is in the physical realm, and it's that sweet spot. So here we are in this sweet spot of looking at spirituality and how it really influenced every area in my life and how it almost didn't happen. (laughs) Before I dive into that, you know, I have some stuff to tell you. I'm very excited because this week I am letting everyone know about an upcoming challenge that starts on March 4th. And that is the seven day detox your life challenge. So I came up with this challenge because Not just for me, but I realized there were a lot of people who are working on a spiritual path, whether they are doing it privately or they are doing it with a group of people. They're really working hard towards living their truth, understanding and defining spirituality for themselves. But in that process, they they are realizing that there's a lot of negativity in their lives, and some of it is just below the surface. So you may not pick up that as negative. For example, when someone's giving you a backhanded compliment, you don't really think of it at the time, but then when you start to put pieces together of the person's habits, <laughs> you realize that they're really not good for you. All right, so this uh, detox, it is a free live seven-day challenge, and the live training videos happen in a private Facebook group. I have this set up that way because I know that this is a sensitive topic. People will be talking about possibly relatives and family members who they need to 
removed from their life. It is not easy. So I created that sacred space and a private Facebook group. But here's the quick breakdown. Day one is a life audit. So we will go into the nitty gritty of that. Day two is time audit. Day three is phone detox. Day four is self-care audit. Day five is wardrobe detox. Day six is your relationship with money audit. And day seven is mindset detox. This is my, my goal, right, is to help you to unlock your full potential. So think about this. How amazing would it be if you were able to have that shift in your life where you identify and remove negative people and also reduce what wastes your time, right? Create, bring it back, you know, bring back that time for you and get rid of even the small things that you may dismiss but have a huge impact in your environment. So that's the quick breakdown. There are worksheets that will be accompanied with that and also bonus material. So head over to tmariejohnson.com forward slash seven day detox your life challenge and there's dashes in between there. But no worries because the link for that is in the description for this episode. So that's tmariejohnson.com forward slash seven dash day dash detox dash your dash life dash challenge. <laughs> All right. But again, the link for that is in the bio for or in the description of this episode. And also check out this week's blog post. Um, and also just browse around. Okay. in in the, the blog area, there's a lot of great material in there from entrepreneurship to travel, to empowerment, management, spirituality. It goes on and on and on. So go ahead and check it out there. All right. So why I almost didn't come out the spiritual closet. I've been thinking about this topic for years, and I didn't know exactly when it was a good time to talk about it because I didn't know how I wanted to frame it. But this is a confession of Tia, right? So let's get to it. Let's let's pull back the the curtain you know, and, and look at some of the things of how I really came to be in this space because it almost didn't happen. And I know for a fact that with a lot of people, it doesn't happen or they turn down the volume a lot for multiple reasons. And I want you to understand that the purpose of this episode is to explain to you wonderful spiritual trailblazers that you have to put it all on the table to grow to your maximum level to let go of that fear and grow gradually, right? And the whole let go of the fear and grow gradually is something that gets burned into our minds. But I really want to remind you that that's a true statement. You know, letting go, reducing fear, you would actually hear me say reduce more than let go because it will always be there in one shape or form or another, okay? Whether it's a sign of nervousness whether, uh, you know, we reach new heights and we question ourselves, you know, there's always some form of fear that happens. And so I just want to acknowledge that, okay? Just like being brave doesn't mean that you are not scared. It means you acknowledge it, but you still go on, you know, having that courage. So I have five points here that I want to talk to you about. And, uh, you know, I hope that this helps you. So one, during my two-year healing journey, I learned a lot that really upset me. So if you're new to this podcast, 
my spiritual journey began uh, in 2008 after the deaths of my grandparents. So when my pop-pop passed, I really, he, he passed second. So my grandmother passed first from cancer. By the time we figured out what was wrong with her, because she had some symptoms that couldn't really be explained until a lot of testing was done. So by the time we figured it out, it was already stage four. Okay. And she had COPD. She passed away two years after she was diagnosed. And then about a year and a half after that, my papa passed away and I was extremely close to them. So when he passed, I went on what I later learned to be a spiritual healing journey for two years. It really took two years. And during that time, I really dove into who I am, what I was truly meant to do, and my path. And so during that time, I did a lot of reading. I mean, a lot, okay? I have posted pictures of my books on my Instagram page many times or Instagram stories. I've done a lot of reading. And what I found was that there were a lot of smear campaigns done on old religion. New age is not new age. There's nothing new about the use of crystals, sage, astrology, anything that falls under spirituality umbrella. There's nothing new about it. Okay. So that plus learning how people were just persecuted and you know, really just that, that whole smear campaign done just really, really bothered me because once I learned the things that we do now are just things we did, our ancestors have done in the past, but it's just been renamed or watered down or remixed. <laughs> you know, I feel like Missy, flip it down, reverse it, you know, stuff. So it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's really, really crazy, and it really bothered me to the point where I just wanted to keep it really to myself and, and find people who were like me and have conversations and figure out how we could help people. You know, if anyone who we saw had some, certain signs that they were into spirituality or, you know, those who wanted to be healed from grieving because I ended up getting different certifications to help people who were grieving to heal. That's what I wanted to do. I figured I would find people who were like me, and then, you know, I, we would find people who needed help, and we would help them secretly, you know, on the low, no, no publicity, nothing, just behind the scenes, sort of like when celebrities help people and they don't want any publicity, they just do it, you know, or, or they do it through one of their people, so it's not like, oh, so-and-so celebrity did this. So, yeah, I was just so upset. The more I learned, the more knowledgeable I became, the more hurt I was. Because we do things that are very much aligned with our ancestors, as I said in the past. But also, I've noticed there are some past life references that happen as well that people probably don't realize but they just do it and I hear this so often I don't know why I do it I just do it and if they just dig a little deeper they will find that there's a reason why okay so that was number one it just I was just so upset that I, I didn't think that the the mass wanted to really know about spirituality and this was nine years ago now it's m much more mainstream again and then I even learned that 
uh, and it's not really a religion, it's more of a lifestyle, but Wicca is, is acknowledged as a man religion, but you wouldn't think about that because just the, the smear campaign that's done. Two is that I was scared, really. I mean, you know, I don't really talk about being afraid of anything. And the thing is, I'm not really afraid of much. I mean, there are things like, you know, I don't want to drown, <laughs> stuff like that. Very few things that, that actually make me, uh. but even when I am afraid of something, I tend to attack it. You know, like when I see a bug, I'm like, ah, you got to die. And I'm just like spraying all of my dry shampoo where I'm just whacking it with the shoe. It was a story, something happened in Costa Rica <laughs> where I had to take care of some, um, some insects. So, um, yeah, but I, I was scared because I thought, man, if people who were like me were burned at the stake, accused of being crazy, accused of uh, whatever the case may be, I was just thinking, I don't know if I really want to do this. <laughs> you know, I, I just want to be me and go on about my life. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to fight anybody on this. That's that's not my goal here. It's, it's like if it resonates with you and it makes sense, fine. I mean, it's in everyone. Some people want to turn that dial up with spirituality. Some people never want to turn it at all. I mean, that's that, that's okay. That's your path, okay, for this lifetime. But I was really nervous. I was in my 20s, so I just felt like, who am I to be doing this? Because the more I started talking about spirituality which was really through my podcast and my blog because at the time I didn't show my face this was the time again I was in the spiritual closet and I was happy with my little broom <laughs> and I imagine just being a really nice broom closet okay and when I started talking more about spirituality people wanted to know more about me and I, and I was just like really because I got a lot of good content here that you can read and I was doing a lot of webinars too again it was uh, I can't even think of the name of the webinar I don't think anyone uses that anymore but this was even before Google Hangout man I don't remember the name but yeah anyway I was doing webinars writing blog posts posting podcast episodes but all of which did not include my face being shown <laughs> okay because I was scared and when it came time to write my book I was it was like a calling like I had to write a book about goddesses and I remember this so vividly because I was sitting downstairs in my living room and I was meditating and I was meditating figuring out my next steps and I think I might have been connecting with Archangel Uriel something like that and I, I just heard write about goddesses and I'm thinking, eh, I don't want to do that. That's, that's, that's really put myself out there. You know, how about angels? I remember this to this day. I just said, what about angels? Everyone knows angels. Angels are safe. And again, I heard it clear. No, you have to write about goddesses. Okay. And the main reason for that is that is because a lot of women have to remember who they are and who they are in their field, which is why the book has this long ass title, To Be Goddess, because the verb to be uh, really is saying I am. And I learned that when I took French, etre, to be. So when you're saying to be, you break it down. I am, he is, she is, they are, you know, we are. And so to be goddess, so it's I am goddess. 
And the other part of that title is discovered the domain, or excuse me, every woman is a goddess because that's true. Discovered the domain in which you reign supreme. So it's I am goddess. Every woman is a goddess. And that domain that you're in, whether you're that crazy aunt, you can be a chaotic goddess. <laughs> you can be uh, a goddess who's all about food, you know, so that's your domain, culinary arts, you know, and, and the list goes on and on and on. And you can have multiple domains, but the whole point of that is that you can be in your zone and so can another woman, but your delivery, delivery will be different. So some people resonate with you, other people resonate with that woman. And there's also a lot of prayers that I included in there and, uh, uh, activities to help break down exactly the goddess you are. So that took a lot of research, a lot of putting my head down and writing. I must have wrote about, I don't know, three manuscripts, maybe more. I kept everything. That wasn't even the original title. Uh, for the most part, that was the title. Um, some chapters didn't make it in there. And I had, uh, there's about two, hold on the books right here. There's about two pages worth of bibliography information. That's how much research I did for my first book. Hold on. One, yeah, two pages. So, yes, two pages. I don't even know how many books that includes, but it's a lot. It's a lot of pages. And I I was nervous to the bitter end, guys, to the bitter end. But I'm glad I did it so glad but yeah I was trying to play it safe but that that calling took over and I want to make that suggestion to you what calling is nagging at you sort of like that Detroit LA commercial where the little bladder icons following you and and the the icon goes you know like we got to go to the bathroom now we got to go so what's nagging what's pulling at you to Say, hey, we, we have to do this. We have to go to that class. We have to talk to that person. We have to ask for that promotion. We have to apply ourselves. We have to do this change. What's that thing that's nagging at you? Because believe me, if it wasn't for that pool that you got to get that out there, I would not have wrote that book, and I probably would not have wrote my second book. You know, it, a lot of confidence did come out of that, but I was really scared. I was not trying to put myself out there because I was still learning you know, so and I get to that in a minute. Number three is uh also I couldn't find any young people like me who were good looking. I'm like, all right, like we're spiritual bay at you know what I mean? And bay wasn't a thing back then. <laughs> but so I guess back then would have been like, We're a spiritual boo. Where where's my spiritual boo? Uh I couldn't find it. I, I look I searched high and low to find young spiritual people, you know, meet and greet, stuff like that. But every time I found a meetup event or, you know, anything similar to that. It was always older people and they look a little shady. I don't know, someone, it, it just, the vibe was just weird. And I was young, like I said, I was in my 20s and I was just like, eh, I don't know. I, I want some young, I want a mixture, but first I wanted to see the young people, okay? You know, it's like, hey. <laughs> so that was another thing too. I, I just thought that spirituality were for really older people who, uh, just dedicated their lives to that. Like they didn't do anything else but spirituality and, and you like write spiritual books and things like that. I would wonder, wonder what do they do for social activities? Where do they go? What do they do? And every time I did my research, it was just 
so-and-so author and they live in seclusion here <laughs> or a so-and-so author with their um, husband and dog, two dogs. I'm like, oh my gosh, but what do they do? And I think now the times have changed because, and like I said, this is nine years ago. Now the times have changed because people are, are a little bit more willing to show more about their lives, you know, get a little bit more personal, uh, whether it's on Instagram stories or, you know, quick Facebook live chat. So maybe if I did it now, I would probably be a little bit more happier about it. But I was just thinking, man, I can't catch a break here. <laughs> I'm scared. There are no young people. All the older people look a little questionable. <laughs> So number four is I, I didn't want to get labeled. So meaning that uh, one of the ladies I follow to this day, she was actually the first person who I started following when I began my journey uh, is Colette Baron Reed. So I found, I discovered her through Sylvia Brown. I was already a follower of Sylvia Brown for years because I would watch uh, the Mattel Williams show and she would be on there on Wednesdays because she was really good friends with Mattel and I watch it with my grandmother. And so uh, when, when I was diving initially into my spirituality, what, what I learned to be spirituality, I, I, uh, I typed in Sylvia Brown and then Colette Van Reed came up beside her because Colette was going on tour with her. She came to Philly and she actually signed my books. So I'm really happy about that. But anyway, uh, Colette Baron Reed was talking in her earlier words again nine years ago how she didn't want to be labeled as she didn't want to use the the, uh, the title psychic and she was intuitive because there was a lot of stigma with psychic and it's not that she had anything against being psychic I mean because she is and she's a medium and a lot of other things but as she was uh, positioning herself she wanted to use something that was a bit more relatable and not as standoffish which I get and when I was learning more I thought the same thing because when I started my my first blog so not the blog that you know and love today <laughs> but my first blog uh, I didn't know how I wanted to call it or the I didn't know the the process exactly that I want wanted to do with that and when I was getting my certificates and spiritual healing I didn't know exactly what I wanted to call myself because I am a psychic uh, and I'm a clairvoyant uh, and clairsentient there's a lot of things that happen I get premonition dreams things like that but I didn't want to outright say that because I felt like I had to defend myself I just knew it was something about that and I know that I wouldn't entertain that you know someone goes like all right what am I thinking it's like Really, dude? I mean, if someone's a doctor, do you go, all right, so quick, what's this called? <laughs> you know, and you point to your body, like, no, the medical term. So, but I, I get it. There are some charlatans out there, and you want to make sure that you're spending your money with the right person or at least in, engaging in an honest, you know, uh, business. But that's why you do some research and, you know, go to their website or whatever they have. So, yeah, I just had, I didn't want to get labeled. So many times you present yourself as something and people only see it as a one-dimensional thing and then that's it. You know, like, that's it. That's who that person is. But the flip side to that is now, depending on who I'm around, that's who they get. So it's not me uh, 
point on a facade. It's just that if I'm at this event, this is how I, I would react. For example, if I'm at a birthday party and it's, it's a kid's birthday party. So say it's my friend's daughter's birthday party. Of course, I'm going to be more uh, giggly, more, a little bit more, I don't want to say goofy, but a little bit more loose playing with the kids, things like that. Now, if I'm at a seminar, I'm going to be a little bit more serious. Uh, I'll probably talk a little bit more business things, use some business terminology. If I am at a networking event and it's a bit relaxed, I might have a drink, talk about live, uh, some current events, you know, a little bit more laid back. So that's what I'm saying. Some people may say, oh, T is so great with kids, which is true. You know, they see more softer side of me and other people may not see a softer side of me and they go, do not mess with Tia. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. But back then it was, and in some instance, it, it can happen now. It's just that that's what people see. That's what you're going to be labeled as. And you're going to have a darn time, the darndest time, trying to say, hey, no, I'm also this, this, and this. I think another good example involves actors and actresses who say, you know, people only see me for my looks, but I'm also an actor that has a lot of depth to me. You know, I can do comedy. I can do a serious role. I'm not just a pretty boy or a, a cute lady you know I have more to me than ju- just that and I think that's probably the best or second best analogy I can give and last but not least I was nervous about letting my spiritual gifts be known because and, and it sort of ties into the other parts too but it was more so known when it comes to exchanging money because Initially, I was healing people, and I was giving out a lot of readings, but it was making me nervous because it, it was, so, so the, the readings would fluctuate, meaning I would get people who were receptive, and they had good follow-up questions, and then I would get people who only wanted to hear what they wanted to hear, and I am not someone who will tell you something just to make you feel okay when I especially when I'm getting a reading and you're paying me you know I mean I wouldn't do that even if it was for free but I just remember some people would just try to press the issue what about this what about this I say I'm not I'm not getting anything from that or it would be something like yeah but I'm getting something else has to happen first like a separation and that's when uh, the person would say, oh, yeah, well, I'm still married. I'm like, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, there we go. So uh, and so I, I, it will fluctuate between that. And it would, it would really make me nervous because I really want to deal with people who are engaged and understand that based on everything that's going on right now, this is what I'm picking up. But everyone has free will. Free will. For example, you can come to me for a reading about your career, your life in general, your love life, uh, a current situation, whatever the case may be, okay? And I can say, okay, uh, a common vision I get are paths for people to take. So, and then with that path, I would get a follow-up vision. I can say, well, you have some options. A lot of times people do have options, so it's like you can do A or you can do B. There's another option here, but it's cloudy. And whenever I'm not meant to see something or give out the information, it's just like a white cloud. It's like, that's it, Tia. You're, boom. So 
that's how that works for me. Time is not my thing, but I get seasons. So I would say the springtime, which means it could be your personal springtime where you get a, a sense of renewal where you're just like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to clean out everything in my home, spring cleaning, even though it's December, I'm clean out everything. Or it could be actually spring. So once money is involved, that can change for some people. When it's free, some people take it. They go, yeah, okay. But when money is involved, sometimes people want to hear what they want to hear. And I can't do that. It's not ethical. So it made me nervous. And I, looking back, understand that that's not a vibe I want to put out there. And I didn't put that vibe out there, but maybe subconsciously it was something that was on my mind. Who knows? But that was something that I had to learn, especially since I was still learning a lot of my spiritual gifts. You know, I didn't know that I was clairvoyant until I came across that terminology. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that's me. <laughs> so it's it was it was uh, complex at the time where I wanted to help people. I wanted to place myself in a position where I can help people. I, I didn't want to be out all the way, you know, just like I said earlier, how I started out at midnight, the Beatrix hour. But what I have learned is that when something is a calling, it doesn't matter if you're ready, if you're fully equipped, <laughs> okay, what you think personally, mentally, would you feel like physically, okay, it, it is a calling, it is going to happen one way or another, period, <laughs> okay, so those are the reasons why I almost didn't come out the spiritual closet, but every time I took a step, whether it was doing an in-person workshop or um, being interviewed and then for a newspaper, whenever I took one step, there was always more steps waiting for me. But it was always a, a path to something more, something, you know, not, nothing that I even planned. And it's funny because when I was a kid, I dreamt of being a businesswoman but just a businesswoman. That's it. Like I, I drew um, uh, owning a mall. So I put all these stores in a mall. I was a kid. So I had a soda fountain instead of a water fountain. I had all these big plans. Uh, I wrote about a talk show, all this stuff. But spirituality was never on the radar. So it just really hit me like a ton of bricks. And every time I was pushed to do something, I didn't think, oh, well, this is going to take me to the next level, and this is going to take me to this place, and this is going to take me to meet this person. That never crossed my mind. It was just, oh, okay, I'll do this, and, you know, the, that, that's what the people want, so we see how it goes. Okay. And that was the thing for about a good four years until I self-published my book in 2014. And I thought, whoa, okay, people really want to get to know Tia? So let me em embark on this journey of stepping into that role of who Tia really truly is and really getting on board with the mission, like like really boots to the ground, going, mission, go, green light. No more behind the computer, no more on the phone. I used to call in uh, 
for my podcast. So I used to use the phone to call in. Don't have to do that anymore. But so, yeah, so no more hiding behind anything. That That's gone. But I have grown in so many ways, guys. So if you have a copy of To Be Goddess, you can see the before and after pictures with just that short period of time. And if you look at that now and see me now, you can see the growth that has happened since 2014. Okay, and that's just five years, guys. Just five years. Imagine in another five years. So that's why I came out of the closet. It's, it's, it was a calling. It was something that I could not ignore. And I realized that no matter what, I have to do this. So no matter what happens, you know, be prepared. But this has to go out. The people have to hear it. Things have to be explained. Okay. <laughs> because just like when I was reading the books, and the authors were able to give a name to what I've been experiencing all these years, I will be doing the same thing. So it's like the baton was passed, and I'm going to be doing it that to not even the next generation, because when I was talking, it was people in the audience who were old enough to be my mom, <laughs> okay? I was so nervous that I was going to say something wrong to grown folk, you know? <laughs> just, I was always this kid who... You know, respect your elders, you know, you, you talk here and there, but you're not grown. Okay, so they were seeing me as equal, and I was just not ready for that as a 20-something-year-old. Talking to people 40 and 50 years old, it was crazy, crazy. I didn't know how I was uh, able to relate to them or how they felt like they resonated with me, but it was there. I don't know. I guess I have an old soul. I don't know, but I'm even a little giddy talking about it because I just remember feeling like, please don't say nothing wrong. Please don't say nothing wrong. Please don't say nothing wrong. <laughs> this lady knows more than you about life. Just take take a deep breath. I know I, I would go to the bathroom, take a deep breath. I couldn't even put water on my face because I had makeup on. So I'm like, ah, I can't do like they do in the movies where they splash the water in their face and everything gets better after they look at themselves in the mirror. So I just looked at myself in the mirror, took a deep breath, and it went right back out. My first in-person event was in a bookstore in Harlem, and I did it with my dear friend, Abiola Abrams. And she is a spiritual goddess as well. Love her to death. And she's the one who brought me on, and I, she's just amazing. She's a columnist for S's Magazine. You know, she she's an award-winning publisher. And I just thought to myself, she wants me? She, what? To, it was just really like, oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> so what I'm saying here to you is back to my original statement. The purpose of this episode is to explain to you wonderful spiritual trailblazers that you have to put it all on the table to grow to your maximum level. Let go of fear and grow gradually. Now, when I started off nine years ago, well, even let's go back to 20, 2008, right? When I was trying to figure out what the hell I was supposed to do <laughs> after the deaths of two people who were really my day one, you know, they were there when I was born, you know, when I was trying to figure that out, my plan was not to put it out all, all, can't talk, put it all on the table before I die. <laughs> no, my plan was not to achieve my maximum level. I thought I did achieve my maximum level. Went to school, got a bachelor's degree, uh, got an amazing job with 
lots of growth potential, had an active social life. I was just like, this is my maximum level. And no, that was only the surface, only the surface. So that's what I encourage you to do. Whatever you're doing now, look at what could be the maximum level, but know that you can even exceed that. And it's interesting when it does happen. It's, it's just like, wow, who would have thought that would happen? I say that about Amazon. Who would have in their wildest dreams think that Amazon would be as big as it is now? I mean, hello, Whole Foods, overnight shipping, uh, the Amazon Fire Stick, like all these things that Amazon does, it just like, it to this day, it still blows my mind. Just how I read that in 1998, uh, Bezos was already a billionaire. I was in eighth grade. <laughs> so what I'm saying is you never know what your, your true maximum level is until you put yourself out there, put it out all on the table. Okay, give it your all, give it 120%. You know, all you got to do is just take a few steps a day, a few steps a day. That's what I did really because that's what the people wanted. You know, they want, wanted to know more about Tia. And when that happened, that's when I started to look at myself again for the second time. I even tell you a little secret since it's a confession of Tia. I used to not look in the mirror often. When I was a kid, I did. When I was a little girl, because I remember it was like the first time I saw, consciously saw an image of me. I was in the bathroom and I was taking too long. My dad came in the bathroom. He goes, I'm not looking at any of you women. I came in here to get my daughter. And he takes me <laughs> and he rushes me out the bathroom. But in my uh, teenage years, and even in my 20s, really, I didn't look in the mirror often. I just didn't felt the need to do it. I was like, eh, you know, I had some acne problem problems. And I was like, eh, well, you know. But the more I dove into learning more about me and my true mission and again, taking a few steps, I started to look, look more at me, like really look at me. And I started taking better care of myself. I just looked and said, this isn't me. I could take better care of my skin. I could try this hairstyle and that hairstyle. I can get a little bit more toned. I could try this. I could try that. And that's what I started to do. And I love the results. And I'm constantly figuring out how I can improve. Because it's not about being uh, unsatisfied. It's just about figuring out this is the plan, all right? The master will always be the student. So if that's the case, then, then the plan is to always be learning, always achieve, always figure out what you can do better. So when I look at myself, I think, well, what can I do better? What does that mean? And then how can I help people through that process? When I'm working out at the gym, I feel strong. And I feel like, because I'm so strong, I can help out other people to be strong. So that's what I have for you. That's this month's Confession of Tia, episode 195. Where did February go? I mean, really. All right, so I got some great things cooking up for you in March. Make sure you go check out that seven-day Detox Your Life Challenge. I would love to have you in there with amazing people who are also looking to remove toxicity from their life and rise to new levels or maximum level. All right, sending you lots of love. Be kind to yourself and talk to you soon.
Thank you for joining Spiritual Living and Empowerment with Tia Johnson. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in to the next show. Want to continue the conversation with Tia? Follow her on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at Tia underscore Johnson underscore. Have a wonderful day filled with many blessings.